Okay, we are doing in our outreach tonight. We've been uh, collecting things and uh, want to be a blessing to people. And so I thought tonight I would take just some various scriptures and have you uh, turn and follow along with me about uh, some things that the Bible says about why we should care about the poor or bother helping the poor. I think... Um, we're the victims of where the government does so much that it almost seems like anything we do would be kind of a pittance and unnecessary. And I remember when I was younger, people said, well, if the churches would all do what they do and people would give as they're supposed to give, the government wouldn't have to do that. I, th I think we're a little bit past that now because government has grown exponentially and the amount of debt and the dollars spent on entitlement programs has just ballooned. It's amazing. I don't know if we'll ever be able to uh, scale back on any of those things or not. And I'm not sure that we could match what the government does. And uh, so does that say, well, then just take off our hands and let the government do it? And I would say, no, I think we need to be involved and I think we need to do what we can as much as we can and do it for the glory of God. But if we look around and we say, well, what is so little among so many, uh, does that remind you of anything? Jesus had all those 5,000 men with, along with the women and the children. And uh, you remember he said uh, to the disciples, okay, Feed them lunch. How are we going to do this? And uh, he had a lesson, of course, that he was going to teach them, and that he always does. But uh, they were perplexed. And you remember Philip, he's the one, I don't know how he did this, but he found a little boy that had a sack lunch. And he said, here's a little boy with the five loaves and two fishes. And then he said, but what is so little among so much? And that's the way we feel so many times. We go out and we tell somebody about Jesus and we feel good about that because we know we're being obedient. But wow, there are billions of people who have never even heard of Jesus Christ. And uh, now how are we going to get the gospel to them? And what about all of the other people that we ought to witness to? And it's just absolutely overwhelming until we realize we've got the power of God, the blessing of God. And uh, when Jesus took the, the loaves and the fishes, you remember the first thing he did was he blessed them. And when he blesses something, it goes a whole lot further and there's a whole lot more that is done than is humanly possible. And so that reminds me that we don't need to do a lot. We just need the blessing of Jesus. He's the one that does exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to Ephesians 3 20 and 21 and boy that's what we really need and so when we reach out and try to help people and we try to do something maybe we look and say it's not really going to matter it's not really going to do anything well stop and just say this it's just a little we can't match what the government does or any other thing or drug dealers for that matter in some of the inner city neighborhoods. The drug cartels are putting millions of dollars into uh, the neighborhoods and things. How do we ever match that? Because we have God. We have the blessing of Jesus. And when you have the blessing of Jesus, you can feed 5,000 men plus women and children and then have leftovers enough for the disciples to each 
have a basket of peace. That is an amazing thing. And so we pray for the Lord to work miracles through all of the things that we do. And that's why it's imperative that we be prayer warriors. That's why we must do this all for the glory of God and not simply because there are empty bellies that need to be filled or needs that need to be met. Far above that, we've got to do it that Christ might be exalted. And my prayer is... That while uh, Brother Dale, I've asked him to share tonight about how we got into this ministry, what the ministry is, and uh, who knows what the Lord will open up through this. But my prayer has been uh, that some little kid will get something that is going to meet a need in their life. Sometimes we give them food. Uh, Tonight we're giving them uh, different hygiene items. My prayer is that a family or a little child might pick up one of these bottles over here and go, somebody cared enough to give that to me. I wonder why they did that. And that might be an open door for the Holy Spirit to work in their heart for them to find out why. And then they find out the reason is, is because we love Jesus and we want to be obedient to Jesus and we want them to know Jesus as well. It's the uh, thing that Jesus told us that we are to let our light shine before men so that they will see our good works and then they glorify our Father which is in heaven. So with all of that in mind, I want to uh, call your attention to some verses and just say don't grow weary in well-doing and don't compare everything you do to everything that the world has to offer because we have the power of God working in our lives and all we need is the blessing of God and more than humanly possible is going to be done okay so let's uh, talk about some things here why uh, why should we worry about helping the poor and as I thought about this I thought about all the times when I have uh, over the last 40 years been involved in helping somebody that didn't really appreciate it or didn't use it properly Do you know what that's not really any of my concern The concern is I just need to be obedient. And according to the Bible, when you help the poor, that's what makes one of the things that makes a happy heart. Are you depressed? Help somebody. You discouraged? Get involved in helping somebody. Pour your life into somebody else. Help somebody who is in need. Because uh, Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived, told us in Proverbs 14, 21, he who despises his neighbor sins have you ever thought about that if you don't care about your neighbors if you're not praying for your neighbors if you're not open to getting to know your neighbors and that kind of thing the bible says that's a sin that's why you're in that neighborhood but that's not all of the verse but he who has mercy on the poor happy is he and so that leads me to believe that what solomon is talking about is that there were people who might be looking at their neighbors and saying, I don't want to bother helping them, and I hope they don't come knocking on my door, and I hope they don't want anything that I have. Just leave me alone, us four and no more in our little fortress. And uh, the Bible says if we do that, that's a sin. That's a sin. But if you really want to be happy, then you have regard for the poor, you help the poor, And you don't see people as a burden. You see them as a blessing. It's an opportunity. And so think about all the opportunities that may be around you where you could help 
And uh, I'm not saying don't use any discernment, of course. But uh, at the same time, don't close your heart to those kind of things because it is so easy to get to the place to where you go. It doesn't seem to really help. People take advantage of it. I don't know what they're going to do with the money or anything like that. Just think of it like this. If you feel prompted to do it, do it. Because if you can stand before the judgment seat of Christ without it, then they're the ones that are going to have to answer for it, not you, okay? And God will take care of you. And by the way, what's a happy heart worth to you? And it's worth a whole lot more money than you could ever give to anyone else. So that's number one. Another thing that I found is helping the poor makes reaping easier. Okay, here's what I mean by that. The Bible says, whatever a man sows, that shall he also, what? Reap. And you and I are all going to reap things. And I don't like everything I reap. And uh, some things I do enjoy what I reap. And uh, we're all going to reap. But Proverbs 21.13 says, Whoever shuts his eyes to the cry of the poor will also cry himself and not be heard. You reap what you sow. And so if you're not compassionate and helpful to somebody else, and yet you're going to cry for help whenever something goes wrong in your life, uh, Solomon's warning you, you reap what you sow. Well, when you are thinking about helping people and you're generous in that, then that comes back to you whenever you have trouble. It makes reaping what you sow a little easier. We don't always like what we get back, but let's do enough to where we're going to have some good things coming back into our lives whenever we actually need those kind of things. And you can imagine if we shut our eyes to the poor, our ears to the poor in their cry and say, oh, get a job, oh, work harder, oh, do without, you know, and that kind of thing, instead of trying to help where we can, then what happens when we lose our job? They're going to echo that back into our lives because you do reap what you sow. We want to make the reaping easier that's that's a good motto for life i want to do something today that's going to make the reaping of what i have sown easier tomorrow or in the next five years or the next decade or whatever so keep that in mind okay let's move to another one helping the poor enhances your testimony it enhances your testimony you want your gospel to be more powerful help people you want people to be more willing to listen to you? Find a way to help them. And uh, there are a lot of people that I know, they're shut off to the gospel. They don't want to hear it. They will shut you off when you do it until they have a need. And then when you meet that need and they see that you really care about them and they see that you're willing to invest in them, and then maybe they even ask you, why are you doing this? Open door, you can drive a Mack truck through that. And that's what we need to do is create some open doors uh, in our testimony here proverbs twenty eight twenty seven says he who gives to the poor will not lack but he who hides his eyes will have many curses okay now i had to look up the thing here and do a little bit of study curses that doesn't sound good i don't even want one much less to have many so is this god doing the cursing and i think the best answer is if you are not generous with other people, they're going to talk about you in a not-so-favorable way. 
Did you ever watch uh, A Christmas Carol, the movie, with Scrooge, Ebenezer Scrooge in it? And you remember how uh, at the very beginning of the movie, you know, there are several things that happens. One of them is, you know, could you give some of your money? You're a wealthy man to help poor children and all of that. And his answer was, uh, are there no prisons and are there no workhouses and all of that? Yes, but people would rather die than go in there, than let them and decrease the surplus population. Um, I had to do a paper when I was in school on George Mueller who lived during that same time period. That was not an uncommon sentiment during that day. In fact, uh, they had a, a letter to the editor from the Bristol, England newspaper with a person complaining because there was a crippled child in front of a store where they wanted to shop and civilized people should not have to look upon such disgusting things as that. That's a little bit of a paraphrase, but that was the idea. And so George Mueller, when he felt led to start the orphanages, that was an amazing thing in Victorian England. Nobody did that kind of stuff. And they certainly didn't do it with the care and with the love and the cleanliness and all of those kind of things. And of course, he was that great man of prayer that you really ought to read about and ought to know. It's a very inspiring story. And uh, that's the kind of thing that would happen. Now, going back to Mr. Scrooge, do you remember when the uh, ghost of Christmas future shows him that somebody has died and all of the people are talking about what a skin flint he was and they're taking his stuff and, and, and stealing it so they can sell it? You know, that type of thing. And you realize that nobody has anything good to say about him because he was so stingy. And then he finds out it's him and it kind of startles him. I think that's kind of the illustration of what Solomon is saying. That if you uh, help people, God will bless you so that you can continue helping them. But if you don't and you shut yourself off from all of that, then there are going to be many curses. Not only is God going to be displeased with that and not bless you to the extent that you want to be, but what are other people going to say when they know you're a Christian, you go to church, you try to live a moral life, you're trying to witness to them, but you're never available to help anybody. Many curses. There are going to be some things. People are going to say some things about you is what Solomon is saying. And we don't want them saying evil things, bad things about us because that reflects on our Lord. We want them to talk about us being loving and kind and generous and caring and those kind of things. And that's what he is saying in Proverbs twenty-eight twenty-seven: Give to the poor, you won't lack, but uh, he who hides his eyes will have many curses. Okay, some of them you may never hear, but that's your reputation. Okay, here's another one. Helping the poor is virtuous. You ever heard of the virtuous woman in Proverbs 31? And what does it say about her? Proverbs 31, 20. She extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. Now, in those days in Bible times, there really wasn't a middle class. Most of us are middle class people. And we are not rich, but we're not poor either. We have our needs met. In Jesus' day, and in most of the world, throughout human history, there's existed only two classes, the very wealthy and the very poor. And there really wasn't much of anything in between. 
And so when this virtuous woman who is running a, a business and making clothes and buying and selling and doing all of that type of thing, she was apparently one of the rich, one of the more, we might call them, elites. And there were people all around her that were impoverished. It wasn't just that they needed some help, maybe buying a new battery for their car. I mean, that's an important need for someone to get to work. But it's not necessarily life or death. In her day, the helping the poor might have made the difference between whether they survived another day or died in their sleep that night. Whether their children were hungry or whether they were diseased and whether they died. And the Bible talks about her that she has her hands extended to the poor that she can see the need she hears the need she feels it and she has been so blessed by God that she will do whatever she can to share some of that with somebody else especially the poor and the needy you know what I think about that in her day the needs were so much greater and so much bigger it might take a little more but in our day it's so much easier to help people that are poor. They, they've got maybe food coming in. They've got different things where they can survive. And then we can do something to make their life just a little bit better, a little easier to be kind to them, to show them the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what does that do? You know, when you help somebody, have you ever had somebody say, oh, well, God bless you. That probably hadn't been in church in years, but all of a sudden, God bless you. Or you're a saint, or you're such a great person, or something like that. Why do they do that? Because it's when we give that we look like the Lord. You can, you can give without loving, but you can never love without giving, the old saying goes. And back in England at the end of World War II, an American GI stopped by a pastry shop to get some fresh bread and you know, donuts and all of that kind of stuff. And there was one of the little, they called them street urchins. He was one of the poor kids, probably from an orphanage. He was ragged, he was dirty, he was thin, and he was terribly hungry. And he had his nose pressed up to the glass, looking at all of those mouth-watering pastries inside there. And this American GI got out of his Jeep, went inside, and bought some stuff. And he saw the little kid and boy, his heart just melted. So he got some more and he handed a bag with some of those rolls and pastries and things in it to the little boy. Oh, it smelled so good. And the little ragged, dirty boy opened up the bag and just put his nose in and just smelled it. Oh, it was so good. And he couldn't wait to tear into it. But before he did, he goes, thank you, sir. And then he said, are you God you know what he was saying? You're never more like God than when you give. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And when we have the opportunity to make somebody's life a little better, to ease their burdens, to help them out in tough times, that's when we look the most like God because they don't know who God is. They can't see God. They don't seek after God, but they can see you. And they can see you when you are acting like God and you do that through your giving because it's a virtuous thing to do. And then lastly, helping the poor blesses Jesus and is rewarded by him. Matthew 25, uh, you've heard this story before in uh, verse 31. 
when the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the holy angels with Him, then He will sit on the throne of His glory and all the nations will be gathered before Him and He will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And He will set the sheep on His right hand but the goats on the left, sorry left-handers, verse 34, Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty. And you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Now can't you imagine them scratching their heads? What is he talking about? Well, verse 37. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, You know it. Assuredly, I say to you, Inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to finish it me so when you do these kind of things some of you are so good you'll you'll have an anonymous check will show up in the office for somebody that we have the privilege of giving to someone and you don't want any credit for it but you just want to try to help out things like that when you do things like this when I think about mission 405 when I think about some of the blessing buckets that we've taken up over my tenure here, some of those kind of things. You just gave, and when you did that, you know what happened? You were giving to Jesus. And Jesus keeps track of what you give to Him, and He will bless you for it. And there's nothing quite like that. Okay? So let's bow our heads and let's close our eyes. Father, we want to ask you, maybe we miss opportunities to witness, to minister, to serve, because we're just not looking for them. Maybe our hearts become hardened. People have taken advantage of us. People have taken advantage of what we give. That's really not our call. We do want to be wise. We want to be discerning. We don't want to finance evil. But at the same time, we never want to become hard-hearted toward anyone. We want to be generous because we want your blessing and we want your joy in our lives. So we pray for that, that you may be glorified through us and what we give and how we try to serve other people. And Father, we want to also pray that since we were forced to uh, shut down Mission 405, Lord, we're still asking you that you might open up a door for that once again. We touch so many people's lives and uh, in such tremendous ways. And we thank you for that. And we pray for all those people the homeless people. We pray for those who were not homeless but needed the help. And we pray that even in their heart right now, seeds are not only planted but watered and that a harvest will come in out of that. And thank you for all the people over all the years that volunteered to work in that and work behind the scenes and bless them for that, Lord. 
And then, Father, we think about now uh, what are we to do in this season of life. And we don't know exactly, but we'll do what we can. And you've opened up this door. And so we're asking you to take this and bless it and do more with this uh, offering tonight than is humanly possible. And let people come to know Christ through just the little things that we're giving tonight. And I know that typically shampoo or deodorant doesn't lead anybody to Christ. But if you touch it and if you bless it, there could be something great that comes out of this that could transform a child's life. And that's what we pray for. Help us to be generous and help us to be a blessing to other people for the glory of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.